Welcome to Redemption Unveiled. Do you ever feel like something is missing from your faith? Disappointed in life? Hi, I'm Haley, and I want to help you get a clear plan so that you can show up for the adventure God made for you. Because I don't believe anyone should end up disappointed with the only life they get. But it's not just that. I know that the earth is waiting for you to show up. Redemption Unveiled. Let's do this. Welcome back to the podcast. I am so happy to have you here today. And before we get started, I want to once again remind you and kind of give you a few more details about my upcoming 10-day kickstart that I'm going to be offering here in another probably two weeks. I'll be offering it. And I am really excited. This is really for anyone who feels kind of scattered going into this new year, or you just want to make sure that at the end of 2024, you do not feel disappointed by what you got done and you know you stayed on track to what you felt God was calling you to do. This is really, I want to gather up women who are ready to get a plan for the year. And this plan is, it's unlike any other plan I've ever went through with anyone else. It's truly looking at your life, looking at your priorities and getting them all clarified now so then as you move forward you can implement the things that you really realize this is what I want to spend my time doing and get rid of some of the distractions and I'm so excited to help you take the adventure God has for you this year so just keep that in mind I will be getting that out here probably in a week or two so more details to come Now, I'm excited today to have on a special guest who hasn't been around in a little while, and that is my husband, Carter Allen. Welcome, nice babe. Welcome back to the podcast. I know this is your favorite thing to do on a Sunday afternoon. I've been waiting. Yeah. Ever since our last experience, I've been on pins and needles. Yeah, getting that microphone out just at random times, like, what about now? Yeah, that's what I was born for. Yeah. I should carry one around. Yeah, of the two of us, you are the one who has to have the microphone, yeah, obviously. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> so we have, I've started back, um, really tried to get guests back on the podcast. And the last guest we had was two episodes ago where mom shared her um, journey to through adoption. It was really good. So if you could try not to disappoint me or any of our listeners <laughs> with a less than good story, that'd be awesome. <laughs> Well, okay. <laughs> the heat is on. Yeah, no pressure or anything. Uh-huh. Um, if we could just follow that. I have that. to top your mom's adoption story. Yeah, okay. Noted. <laughs> <laughs> Try to bring my A game. Yeah. So anyway, I'm really excited about having people on and discussing different adventures, which you are kind of a unique guest because today we're not just going to talk about... Um, an adventure you uh, took, but an adventure that we took. Hmm. So um, if you just let me do most of the talking, that'd be great. Yeah, that's (laughs) that's fine. It really works best. If you could just like... "Mm -hmm." I'll just wait until you start talking to figure out which adventure we're going to be talking about. (laughs) If you just listen up, that'd be great. Um, So anyway, we've been talking about the different steps of adventure. We've looked at Joseph Campbell, how he taught people how to write adventure stories. Now, anybody who's been listening to the podcast has heard the six steps of adventure, and all adventures start out with an ordinary person who goes on a quest. And every quest really starts off with 
just simply an idea, an idea of something that needs to get done. Um, and so today I thought it might be kind of fun to look at our adventure of moving into this house and the trend transition we took from our last house to this house and the wonderful adventure that we were thrust into. <laughs> um, this would have been in 2016, is that correct? Mm-hmm. Okay, so I guess it goes back a little bit further because our last house we lived in was a two-bedroom, two-bath, little house in town. We loved it. There was a few things we didn't love about it. We really didn't want to be in town forever, and we really wanted a fireplace. Yeah. Those were like kind of our, hmm, this is where we'd like to move. However, we started off just you and I in that house, mm -hmm. and then we had FC. Then we brought Shep home. See, he's doing good because he's just mm-hmm and nodding. So this is yes. going well so far. Good yes. job, babe. Agreed. <laughs> he's just going to fact Accurate check me. so far. As, as I tell this story, you just fact check, okay? okay. Um, but then in 2014, Shep had been home a few months. We had our surprise edition, pregnancy, hmm. with Malis. So we went very quickly into our little bungalow home being a perfect size to a two-bedroom with three children. And that was a little more snug. And Malis slept in our room. And then she get, was getting older and older. And we transitioned her pack and play into our walk-in closet. And we... For as soon as really we got pregnant with Malis, we started looking at houses, and that's kind of a fun adventure. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> was that a that was an invitation for me to say something? Yeah. Or, do you okay. Have I don't. I'm to not say. really sure. Yes, it is a can be a fun adventure. It well, can be I'll an just overwhelming say, adventure. I always thought that buying a house. I think, I think like looking at houses, like whenever you're just kind of interest, like kind of checking it out, like that's fun. Like that, right. that is fun. Like that's what's out there. What, you know, what could we do? What could we afford? Like, you know, what could we do with these places? But, you know, then when you kind of take the next step, like, okay, like, let's go look at it. Let's look at the budget. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> that's and when it stops being fun. Yeah. It's when you it's look like, at the budget. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Eh, when, you get, when you get into the real you, world, yeah, when that's you, when the house, I'm like, oh, this is a nice, it's only, it's only two mil. <laughs> I mean, we could probably swing that. And then when you get into the actual real world, you're like, oh, never mind. <laughs> I meant 50,000. <laughs> I always thought buying houses, I felt the same way about cars, but I, I always thought buying houses would be like this. This is how much money we can spend. This is what we want. We have three houses that we love but we're gonna pick our favorite of the houses because there's so many houses around you're going to find the many perfect ones but really it's this is what we want we can't afford what we want <laughs> these are three houses available and this is the one that isn't that sucks the least <laughs> And I only laugh because that's how I felt. I was like, that's actually a really clear description of my journey. So anyway, let's fast forward this part. We start house hunting. And we looked and we looked and we looked. And we did clearly recognize we couldn't afford, like, really what we wanted. Because we wanted in the country. We really wanted in the country. We wanted a fireplace. It mm -hmm. seemed like we kept finding either, like, 
little houses on 100 acres or we were finding these mansion houses on two acres and neither of them were the right fit for us. Mm -hmm. So we stumble upon a 70s style ranch home that was still not fully in its 70s. I mean, 70 vibes, but like it had been kind of, it was actually in the middle of being remodeled when we went and looked at it. It wasn't Mm -hmm. even on the market yet. We just kind of put, we've, got info that somebody was going to sell it and we went and we bought it as is from a guy (laughs) and it was so funny i remember the first night when we bought it we were like we went to go work on it we didn't think to switch over electricity so there's no electricity we went to just we started taking out a wall the first night we had no electricity and then um, remember, we don't have any idea what we're doing. <laughs> that, like. I mean, that was just secondary. That was a secondary note. But then remember, babe, how um, how we didn't realize until we like were there that there was only one sink that was installed in the whole home, and it was in the bathroom with yeah. no door, and there was yeah. one toilet, and that bathroom did not have a door on it. Yeah. yeah. So, yes. so if you're getting the vibe, we were not prepared for a model, and so. To fast forward a little bit, we bought the house, but we still owned our grand house. Mm-hmm. We call it a grand house because it was on grand. <laughs> it wasn't that grand. The road that in, in, in town was on grand. The road was called grand, everyone. It wasn't a grand house. It was to us because it was a beautifully It was grand, grand in our hearts. It was grand in our hearts. <laughs> <laughs> but in other people's hearts, it maybe wouldn't have been described as grand. Um, anyway, so... Our idea was we we were going to buy this house, remodel it, and then we would put our house on the market thinking it might take a while to sell. And then the idea would be we would smoothly transition into our newly remodeled home. That was the plan. But that we would own two houses for a few months and then move into our new house once it was remodeled. Mm-hmm. And I think you mentioned that we don't know what we're doing. We do not know how to remodel. If we have not mentioned it, <laughs> we should make very clear. <laughs> we had no idea. Where there was no remodeling no skills. There was no plan as far as approach <laughs> or attack to the remodel. It was like... It was, we have this house, and we're going to have to move into it. Yeah, and we had... I remember, like, the first night, we Let's just get had the sledgehammer a, out. a friend over, another couple, who was like, could you help us take out this wall? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's literally... And then the, we get there, they're like... Oh, you don't have electricity? We're like, no, we forgot about the electricity. Like, oh, I need to use the bathroom. We're like, well, you can use this one here, but there's no door. We won't come in, I promise. We won't come around that corner at all. It's super private. (laughs) So, um, we we bought this house, and then we get our house on the market. (laughs) What's, did we not have electricity even for a while, though? Like, I don't know that it even, like, dawned on us, like, oh, we should switch that over right now. No, remember, we did have electricity, but remember, you, we didn't have, like, lights or something. I don't know. Remember, you had a work night where you had to use. That's what I mean. Did we have Like, you were working in the dark. (laughs) Why were you working in the dark? I don't know. Maybe we did have lights. And I just but maybe there weren't lights installed in the ceiling. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, maybe there was no actual lights in the ceiling. I don't know why you had that okay. night where you were working with, remember those lights that just Oh, shine? yeah. <laughs> I, I remember. <laughs> I don't know. It's kind of all dark right anyway, now. Yeah. So 
To our surprise, though, we list our grand house. We'll call it the grand house because it was grand in our hearts. We list the grand house and it gets an offer, a full price offer day one, which we're like, okay, that's awesome. But now we also need to move out of this house and figure out, okay, can we make it work in the other house? So long story short, short, we have 30 days. We move out of our house into our new house, which is the house we live in now. So the day we moved in, (laughs) the living room and kitchen (laughs) was out of order because we were doing new floors. But we had to remove a wall and we had to get some electricity going, like new things wired. And one thing that you should note if you want to be a contractor This is my one advice that I learned. (laughs) Don't wait till one project is done to go look into the next project. So this is what we would do. We'd be like, oh, we need to do the floors now. So like we would focus all on the floors. And then it'd be like. All in. And we'd be like, that took like way longer than what we thought because we were having family and friends help do it that didn't know we didn't know how to do floors. So and you're working on people's weekends. So then we did the floors, but then it was like we got the floors done after like, I mean, it took weeks, like if not like six weeks, four weeks, like to Mm -hmm. get them all done. So we did hardwood floors. We laid them one weekend. There'd be another couple weekends before people could work. We finished them. And then turns out we didn't know how to finish floors. So we had to resend them and refinish them again. Did we refinish them twice or just, no, you guys only finished them once. And then the second time we hired someone to do yeah, it. Yeah, we, we finished it once and then we, uh, but we didn't finish it all the way. We like stained it <clears throat> and we could tell something wasn't right. It looked like windshield wiper <laughs> attack on the whole floor. We had like a, a windshield wiper had wiped Very strategic on. wiping approach. <laughs> That you could see very clearly <laughs> in our finished product. Um, and so then we go I, to be, I say we. I know I did. And you could <laughs> tell very clearly where I had windshield wiped the floor. <laughs> the people that were helping maybe were not. They were probably better than me. But <laughs> So what I, say, what I mean though is we, did, like, we were working on the floors for weeks. Yeah. And then we got the floors done and we're like. What's next? <laughs> we should go look at granite. And my <laughs> mind was like, I'll go to the granite people and they'll come over tomorrow and install it. And then they're like, okay, well, we're three weeks out. And I'm like, oh. Bada bing, bada boom. We'll I have this over here this afternoon. I should have and... come here three weeks ago and <laughs> talked to you, right? Like, I'm like, this is starting to click a little bit. I see what we did here. We could have talked to you earlier. <laughs> <laughs> so <clears throat> we moved into the house. The floors are not finished. So we move everything into, we have kind of a side living room. And then we are living with three children in, they have their bedrooms. And then we have our bathroom and we use, we're using, you're looking at me like. (laughs) I have a very specific memory that was very profound to me. You're looking at me like I'm wondering if you're going to, if it was for you too. So, so we were using our bathroom sink. And the back hose. For all water needs. For all, like, dishes. (laughs) Like, and here's, we were so thinking that we would, this would only be a week or two. We didn't plug in a microphone or microwave. We didn't plug in a, we had a cooler on the front porch. We we didn't have a fridge. 
We didn't. No, have a we had no fridge. So we lived. That, that's that's what I was wondering. That was your that, memory that was it. because okay. we had a. I remember, and it seemed like for years we had a cooler <laughs> on our front porch, which full was probably of ice, like at least six weeks. Ice, water, milk because we had little kids and beer. Yeah, that was all we. Like, and I look at it, and then we like, like got food like every night. I don't I don't remember like an area with food in it. So I no. don't know if we. Where we had our food, I don't remember that. Maybe on the kitchen counter. I don't. But I we remember couldn't... we we got to go food a lot. Yes, but it was. I guess we could say it was a really dark time. That was it, there was some darkness and some strangeness. Yeah, just... maybe more strange than yeah. dark. Yeah. Because every I mean, there were like, dark we're moments for done. sure. But because we just couldn't move into it, we couldn't use our kitchen. <laughs> we didn't have a microwave or a fridge yet, but we <laughs> because were because we were getting granite we're and we we're like, yeah. And we were, were redoing our floors, so we couldn't plug a fridge in mm-hmm. on two wood floors. Mm-hmm. So that gives you a little bit of understanding of what we were doing. And so we had moved in. We got our old house fully sold and stuff, and we were living in the new house. And this went on. Our remodel went on strong, full on, I would say, for five months, which includes like painting decorating buying stuff like we were on and we are not on people like we've never been people that did house projects on the weekend except for like our two two times a year we clean out a garage like (laughs) (laughs) right yeah that was yeah like we aren't and this and we entered into this and but i feel like but we did and it was like it started to feel like Every night, oh, and we get home like after there everything's done, and do we're working on something. Time. Every weekend, where we have a project we're working on for, which we expected that I think for for a while, six and then, weeks max yeah. is what I expected. Yeah, then we I got, mean, max. When we got to the six month moment, yeah, we I were was like, like mm. I did not see this coming. I'm a person who thinks I can do a lot more in time than I can, and mm-hmm. I think anyone who knows me knows that about me. Like I think, I mean, in your mind, you could have built this whole house in six weeks. Yeah. It just doesn't seem hard to me. Easy. Like, and, there's a wall. There's a wall. Yeah, exactly. And then you get into Paint it, you're it. like, everything takes longer and costs more than you think it's going to. That's why I was so surprised. Especially, especially when you when don't you're know doing, what you're doing. <laughs> that's why. I, especially when you're doing it yourself. Now, these professionals, they're real smart lads. Yeah, they probably have You get good them in it. and they're like, wow, you just did it like that. I see what you did there. <laughs> and then every project, too, after it was over, you're like, wow, if I did that again... I would be so much better at it. And then you're like, that's how professionals get <laughs> that's so That's how they become professional. <laughs> like, I'm like, now I'm really on to something. So we did this for, well, we did that for five months. I actually got into a point, which again, I'm not going to say dark time because it wasn't dark time. Strange time. Mm-hmm. I had my paint clothes and okay. I just wore them every day. And I can remember it that really was just, simplifies things. Like, it really get up, is, put but it was on, like the same clothes every and day. And I really don't even remember washing them. I hope I did, but I don't remember. I, I don't remember washing <laughs> I, them. I don't think so. But I remember <laughs> this very specific time of my life where I recognized that, like, if I was eating something and my hands were dirty, oh, yeah. my pants were there. Oh, <laughs> like, like literally after I stopped wearing my paint clothes, That's not what I, thought you were gonna say, I had, I, um, 
I would be eating and I just wipe it on my legs. I mean, who knows? Because yeah. there's paint everywhere. So a little yeah. grease or something is nothing. Yeah. So it's just this very specific time. I remember being like taking FC to dance <laughs> and like walking in again in my plain clothes. And like, I, I'm the type of person like, this is, a, this is no big deal. This is normal. Like once I do something, it's normal. And then after it's over, you look back and like, I feel like I was putting off a vibe during this season of my life. I mean, we're out here, like, I'm scrubbing dirty, like, sippy cups in our kitchen sink with a toothbrush. <laughs> Hopefully sink. not. Bathroom Oh, sink. yeah, in bathroom <laughs> sink. Hopefully not your toothbrush, babe, but I'm not guaranteeing anything, It you know? probably was. It wasn't yours. <laughs> yeah, oh, that's for sure. So that was our five. And, and the funny thing about this is, like, that was... That was, in no exaggeration, our life for five months. We were those people that were fully obsessed with our little ranch-style home that we were turning it into, it was like a masterpiece that wasn't impressive, but, like, it had cost us so much time that we were proud. Mm, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, we were really proud, yeah. but, like, I think if you came in off the streets and just looked at <laughs> I'm not sure we hit that, that grand it level been yet. The picture of, <laughs> like yeah. it was like awesome guys, good work. I don't know if it's been the picture of desire for <laughs> for many. There was a lot of things that were like, ooh, I would do that different. Like I accidentally painted our entire house like off white inside, and I didn't know I was painting it off white. I thought I was painting it like a neutral, but still a little color. Mm. But like I got it all done before I recognized that. Oh, that's just like a cream white. <laughs> like I kept telling myself it'll dry darker. <laughs> it'll dry darker, and then yeah, I got we'll the whole. We'll do one more coat. I, we'll do one more coat. I got the coat. whole That'll thing do done, it. and I was like, "Well, I'm disappointed with the color of the entire house." <laughs> <laughs> it was just the living room, halls, bathroom, or living room, halls, and front uh, living space and laundry room and some of the bathrooms. But I was disappointed. It's a great skill, though. Like, don't look back when you're painting. No. Like, just go forward. <laughs> you know. Babe, when and I tell you I really end, did think once I got it decorated, it would look darker. Days painting Weeks. and trimming. I was doing it by myself with a Then you with a four year old, a three year old, and a one year old. Then you do an evaluation. Yeah, and then you look oh, around. Gosh, this sucks. Yeah, you're like, mm. I mean it's that clean. Look good. It's, that's good. It's clean. I mean it's yeah. freshly painted. That's nice. I did a lot but... of caulking too. And I did a lot. For some reason, I use wet ones probably more than <laughs> the average remodeler does. But, like, wet ones were an essential. Huggies loved us. Yeah, Huggies, yeah. I did a lot of wet one work. I don't know. With caulking, I found wet ones to be very helpful. And I got all, I remember when I had so much stuff, like, ga I just kept gathering, like, a pencil and wet ones and then... Like the like my screwdriver, like my little tools, and I was like, "Gosh, I wish I had something to carry this stuff around in." So it's like, "Oh, I know what I could do." And you know what? Like a toolbox. I went into Shepherd's right. Toys and I got his little Black and Decker <laughs> toolbox, toolbox, and I put all in there. I was like, "Huh, super handy." And I just went back to work, and I'm just like, "I don't think this is how the the professionals do it." <laughs> I don't know. Or maybe I Shep should be... Shepard never saw his toolbox again. <laughs> maybe I should be teaching them how to do these things. I'm obviously getting on to figuring something out. Sure. This all led us to a very serious conversation. At the end of September, 1st of October, I, I remember we were in our living room. 
that was really at this point, like we had done some, like we were to the point where we were living in the yeah, house. Most of it was home. decorated. Yeah. We had all the appliances, our yeah, floors were everything, done, we had but furniture in. We still had, you know, multiple projects that you're like, we would love this to be done. Yeah. But we, like, both kind of had kind of reached our ending point, and we were looking also at the budget, and we had reached the... That ending point the, as well. <laughs> we, had two, reached we had two ending points. Multiple ending points. <laughs> <laughs> and so we had a discussion of, okay, it is time, like to end this season of our life and we need to shift from people who wear paint clothes everywhere and wipe their Taco Bell on their pants to normal people who just do like a weekend project once a month or twice a month. And this was a very specific conversation we had. Do you remember that conversation? Because I, I, it was a very like, let's put a bow on this and we're not satisfied with the house, but like, we're proud of what we've done. Yep. And. And we can live. <clears throat> without. We can live in our home. Yeah, without like, just looking everywhere and having a project going. Right. So that was a very wonderful night of like, <sighs> that feels good. Like we, almost like we did it, even though we knew like there were still things to do, but there was definitely a sense of we've arrived. This mm. was not the journey like I wanted I didn't want to remodel. You didn't want to remodel. Hmm. But like we put the pieces together and it was like what we could afford with wanting to be in the country, wanting a fireplace and what our options were. Right. So we were like, okay. Like, I don't know. I just well, felt like you, we were both really like proud. Like I said, not that anybody else would be like blown away by what we did, but we were like, I'd never worked physically that hard and long for something in my life. Right. Like I've never been that obsessed with a project for that long. And given my time to something other than, like, my children. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, and it seemed like there was, like, I remember that conversation, and it was definitely a defining moment in the process. And I think we even kind of decided, like, kind of clarified, like, we both recognized we weren't done yet. Like, the house wasn't, everything wasn't complete. But we agreed, like, okay, maybe, like, once a month we pick one project we want to do or something but it really was a relief of like this release of pressure of like every night whenever we get home from whatever dance practice and work and whatever else like we need to get our paint clothes on or like start working on a project or whatever and then like we get up saturday morning and that's what we do until you know we get up Again, Monday morning, like, you know, but. um, So this was really the start of us getting our life back. And it just felt like a really nice period of the end of this kind of weird, obsessive journey we had been on with this little house that we had bought Mm -hmm. that we weren't really wanting to go on. But there we were. So (laughs) but we did have this nice like talk and it just felt really good. Like, okay, we're closing this up, and now we have the freedom to move on with our lives. It's just, right. it was nice. We're yeah. like, huh. Yeah, it was breath, nice. We were both breath. on the same page. In on the moment, same beautiful like. <laughs> page. I love that. That's a wonderful thing. Now, before we go on, because it's kind of a halftime here, before we go on to the next part of this story, I really want to talk about, I want to connect the adventure teaching we've been going through with this story, because I think it's very powerful to pull out in real life experiences, what this looks like. And so we've talked about 
in the last few weeks of the series we were on with Joseph Campbell's, you know, how to write an adventure story. It's just simply an ordinary person who's trying to get something done and ends up having a lot of problems and getting in unfamiliar territory, taking risks, inter- you know, having villains, and just one thing after another doesn't go the way they want it to go. And when I look at our this story of, you know, it's just a simple thing we wanted to do. We had this idea of getting a home for our family that worked for us, and you have these hopes and dreams attached to this this idea that you're trying to accomplish and I just carried such expectation that it was going to be really easy and really simple because it's a good thing that you know it's just a simple thing we weren't looking for a mansion we were just looking for a house that felt right and so I just really want to encourage you to when you hear these things to look at it was just an ordinary person with an idea that encountered basically a lot of struggling and when you look at adventure that's what so much of it is is struggle so I just wanted to pause there for a second and pull out some of that because we had a lot of risk associated with this, just putting ourselves in situations that we didn't feel comfortable with, that you're, oh, I hope this works out, or I hope we're not making a mistake, I hope this is the right place for our family, you know, and you you have to carry some of that, and that's where your faith and just trusting the process has to come in. So, getting back to the story, that was probably, I'm guessing, a Tuesday or so, it was a weeknight. Um, in the week, and then that weekend we were having a rummage sale, and that was going to be our final. Like, let's. We're. I was cleaning out the house, and then we were going to get rid of stuff. It was just going to be that new beginning, and so we were having the rummage sale at my brother's house, and so I'd went through the whole house and trashed it, <laughs> getting ready for the rummage sale, and so I was at my brother's house, and it was it was in October. And October 2nd, I believe, <laughs> it's funny how you forget dates you never thought mm-hmm. you'd forget. And we were, we were having the rummage shows that afternoon and I was in my brother's bathroom trying on you know, my sister's clothes that they had put on a rummage sale, obviously, because I'm going to do a little shopping. And I get a call from you and that's when you say, Hey babe, our house is on fire. <laughs> <laughs> Very, I didn't yeah. realize until that moment that. I'd never thought about how you have that conversation, how you have that phone call. Like, right. Until in that moment, then I guess my thought was, well, I guess you just get right to it. Just. Yeah. And I think just for, <laughs> I knew what you said, but just for clarity's sake, I said, what? And you said. Our house is on fire. <laughs> and then I just said, I'm coming. And I just remember, like, I, I didn't ask you anything else. I got off and I um, grabbed my keys ran outside my brother and sister-in-law were out there and people you know how you hang out at a rummage cell and I just looked at my brother's head our house is on fire let's go you've got to take me home and so he we hopped in the car he's driving and I'm in the front seat and we're going down the road wait our new our new extravagant home was in the country as we've discussed and my brother lives in in town so we were headed out of town and I was kind of looking down, and all of a sudden, I just hear my brother say, oh, shit. And I look up, and I see this very large column of smoke in the distance. And it was this bizarre moment of my life, because I've seen columns of smoke 
you your whole life you drive and you see a column of smoke and you think oh someone's burning something something's on fire a house is on fire like you just have these thoughts of like wonder what that is but half the time you don't even know you don't even care you don't go to find out and this moment I was driving on the road and I knew exactly what was on fire and then so he says that I look up I see it and I mean I can't describe the overwhelm that I felt and that that was the first moment I was like and I put my hands in my head or my I put my head in my hands and I just started sobbing like I didn't even know what I was gonna see when I got to the house but it was really overwhelming because like I said I just had never worked so hard for something like that like a house you know I've worked hard for a relationship or you know my family or something for that long I just hadn't ever I've done a career, but I just had never had a project that I'd worked so hard on. And I was like, oh, no, this is going to be a nightmare. Like, like what? We just put a period on this bad boy. And so I, um, the other bizarre thing that I remember feeling very strange by was the fi- the sirens were behind us. So when you, obviously you called 911 first, but when you called me, you know, we hopped straight in and came our way. Well, the firefighters were behind us. So that was the moment, too, I realized, like, we're going to get to the house before the firefighters were. I don't know why I had on my head that, like, when you when your house catches on fire and you, for any time you call 911, like, they just would be like, snap, we're here. You know, mm. you have an emergency. But it's like, oh, my, we're going to get there before them. So we get there, obviously, as quick as we can. My brother pulls in. And he's like hardly even like he's the truck's still rolling as I'm like get jumping out of the car because I'm just thinking I'm gonna get my babies like hmm. come here you know like we're everyone you know come here get close and so that was kind of my introduction to this moment hmm. and then so you tell what you were going through during that time yeah well like you said you were gone <clears throat> and then we had our three kids or I had our three kids at the house and two of them were taking naps, the two younger ones. And the oldest was not much of a napper. So she was, she tried, but then she, I let her get up and she was playing something on the iPad and she brought it in. I was at the back of the house. She brought it in and said, Hey, like the iPad's not working. Can you, can you look at it? And normally I would have been like, I'll check it out later. And, but for some reason on that day, it was just kind of like, okay, uh, yeah, let me take a look at it. So I, I grabbed the iPad. I looked at it. It was not picking up the Wi-Fi, And so I decided I would walk out into our house where our, our router is and just restart it. You know, no big deal. So <clears throat> walk down. From the back of the house to our main living area is kind of a long hall, and then our living area is really open. And so um, I come around the corner into our main living area, and I just happen to look up. And from our ceiling, I look up at the ceiling, and it's just pitch black smoke. From the ceiling, probably two feet down, all the way through the whole main part of our house. And I'm thinking, what in the world... And, like, I'm thinking, 
we left something on the stove or something in the oven or a candle fell over, something along those lines. And I head towards the kitchen to check out the stove and oven. And as I do, I hear fire in the playroom. So I turn, head that direction, and whenever I get there, I see fire. And it is a three foot by three foot area, but flames are going from the ground all the way up to the ceiling. And so I had a, it wasn't really even a processing, it was a split second thought of, am I 100% sure I can put this fire out? Because we, I actually had our youngest no, it wasn't our youngest. I had our middle child asleep on the just on the other side of that wall where the fire was. So I knew, like, am I 100%? And it was very quickly, no. It was, you know, too too big already. And so I ran, grabbed, um, grabbed him and our oldest, who was awake, ran them outside, told them to stay by the tree in the front, came back in, got our youngest, ran her outside, uh, and it was, and they were, like, still sleeping. They were like, what in the world is going on, Dad? Like, um, so, anyways, we get out. And we later find out that it was actually our internet router that had caught on fire. Yeah, right. That's why it That's was, why the internet, the internet wasn't working. Wasn't working. Right. And the playroom, it, we had our router in the playroom, and something had, some, like, backpacks and stuff had gotten on top of it, and it just overheated and, yeah. Yeah. Caught on fire. No, and, note to anyone who has their router in a not great place. <laughs> <laughs> um, then we had, so we get out to the to the front yard. That's when I call 911, take care of, you know, letting them you know, give them, them all our information and whatnot. And then I called Haley, had that conversation with you. And then, and then we got off the phone and then like, there was nothing else like I could do. So now I'm there with our three babies, our three kids. And like, it's a, from, it it was a beautiful day. Like it was very strange because it was a beautiful day. And I mean, cars were heading up and down the road, you know, just like any other. I'm sure they were looking at us thinking, like, what are they doing out there, like, just standing in the front yard? Because the flames had not gotten out of the house. and But it was the strangest thing because it was, I remember being, like, super quiet. And, like, our kids weren't saying anything. Like, they were just sitting there with me. And then you could start, like, you could hear a rumble inside the house. And it was pitch black, like couldn't see anything through the windows. And then I started hearing a popping and like it was the windows started cracking and nothing was breaking. No flames were out, but it was pitch black. And now I could hear the glass in the windows starting to pop and crack. And pretty soon, you know, the flames shortly after that busted or came, started coming through the roof, you know, above the windows. And but you just... We just stood there and watched our house burn. Yeah. And, you know, and it was a very weird, I mean, it's uh, an experience that won't go away. Like, I, you know, I'll mm-hmm. always remember that. It's such a strange experience. And so we stood there and watched it burn until you and the firefighters got there. Very odd. So then we are standing there together 
in this weird moment. The firefighters get there and start working. And also kind of odd because we live in a fairly small town. So we like know half of these firefighters. Not that we necessarily know them like as they're working, but like my cousin was a firefighter and we know a yeah. lot of these people. Yeah. <laughs> and oh, yeah. Just a little side note that's not really important, but all the women will understand what I'm saying. Um, so we had this that rummage sale, and I just was going through all areas of our house, and it it was trash. <laughs> <laughs> it was so messy, and so you're like, "Oh, this is awesome." That's just a side note, but it is like, wow, I feel embarrassed. Um, because then moving forward, like my entire community was inside my home and you could see everywhere that you picked anything up because <laughs> it had no ashes on it. It's like, what the heck, Haley? I just I just blamed it all like on the fire. Like right. as you had no idea. Like <laughs> the it tornado, just, it is like, just came. the effect that happens when a fire is in a house. Just the clothes and everything go everywhere. Like you don't know. <laughs> well, so <laughs> there actually isn't wind created by fire. Just Thanks for saying that, babe. Um so the the firefighters get everything um, calmed down, and we are able to walk through. And this that was the moment, the walkthrough, when I felt shame. That was the moment. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, overwhelmed with the house, yes, but also shame. <laughs> and um, <laughs> so when you walked into our front door, like, like you were telling everyone, it's like we have our living room kitchen that's kind of one dining room that's like one big area. And then to the left was our playroom, second living space. And the the playroom was the area that caught on fire, it has three big windows in the front. And that was the area that the flames were actually coming out of. And so we begin to walk through our home. And I, I've never been in a house that caught on fire before. And I don't, I still don't know how it all works, but all I know is it looked like someone poured wet ash water all over our house. The ceiling, the floors, every, every part of our entire house had ash in drawers. Everything had ash on it, except for the one room that was burned into a pile of ash. Like it was literally a pile of ash um with the ceiling had burned through and such so and as i'm walking through like on the other side of the room as carter was saying like we had um a bunk beds and shepherd was asleep on that and then the next room malis was asleep and they were probably three and one at the time um and yeah. so it was just uh i mean honestly this the remodel we had not got not gotten to smoke detectors yet, and that was on our list of things to do in the future. And so it's just truly, in many ways, just an absolute miracle that it happened during the day um, when you were home and when it was able to be handled the way it was. Because that was yeah obviously. I, mean, I feel like you know it's one of those things where there are so many things to be grateful for in it and you have to be careful like 
going down the what if road. Yeah, absolutely. Because it doesn't do anything, but also at the same time, like you like you can't help the invitation to right. you know go down those roads. Um, but uh, yeah, there's a lot of a lot of things that we were still very fortunate in. So. Yeah, so the word started spreading through our families. So kind of slowly that afternoon, our families kind of showed up and just hung out in our front yard while the firefighters were still there. A real weird situation because in some ways, I th- like my memory is it almost felt like a funeral. Like your family and friends, you know, yeah. are coming. They come around and you're all yeah. just kind of hanging like out. You don't su- know what to they're do. They're there to support you. And like, everyone's yeah. like supporting you and then you have laughing times and then you're like really overwhelmed Overwhelmed. and then you cry randomly but then you laugh again it was just a weird like you don't know what to do and nobody tells you what to do and then it's also really weird um well we were all at one point like laughing and stuff and mom was like you know um with insurance she's like you guys might come out ahead on this thing and i'm like yeah and she's like well you do have insurance right and i looked i'm like well, yeah, like we're adults, mom. We have insurance for our house. So we're all just hanging out. And then we have a, like, I'm, we're all, like, I know everyone there except for some of the firefighters and the firefighters are talking and stuff. And we're all just kind of joking and keeping it light, you know, <laughs> just try to have a good time. And, um, Unfortunately, we didn't have that cooler of milk and beer on our yeah, porch anymore. We had gotten a fridge by that point. Mm-hmm. Um, so we are hanging out, and I see this guy pull up to our house, who I do not know, who's not a firefighter. I did not recognize him. No offense to this man. I just didn't recognize him. And he says, you know, do you guys know uh, where Ryan Carter is or where Ryan is. And so somebody showed him where you were around the back of the house. You were looking at something. Hmm. And so I, I was like, anyone, like, who is that? Who's that? And I look in our house, the front door was open. And I think the sliding glass door was open. Hmm. So you could see to the backyard. I was in the front yard and I could see through the doors, you and this new guy talking and I was like, huh. And all of a sudden, both of you had this real look on your face of <laughs> not good. And so it's like, I told my family, I was like, I'm going to go see what's going on, you know. And so I come around the back and you literally look sick. It was like, it was like, like you're in shock, like from the house your house burning like you don't really like you're not doesn't feel real and then there's like and there's like shock on top of the shock (laughs) shock on shock that's shock on shock yeah that's right and the the guy talking to you looked horrible as well oh yeah and so i'm sure he was probably sicker you both had the same look on your face and i'm like hey guys what's going on and you proceed to tell me that we had never switched over our insurance policy from when we bought the house, we owned two houses and we were still living in the other house. So when we bought this house, we bought um, construction policy on it mm-hmm. to cover it if something happened to the structure, but didn't cover any contents. And it basically just covered what we paid for the house, but it wasn't a real policy. <laughs> it wasn't like a normal policy that you would have when yeah, it you wasn't, were living in the house. It wasn't like a normal homeowner's policy is 
they'll replace your home if you if your home burns to the yeah. ground they'll and pay to rebuild it plus some the for stuff your contents that, right, that the were stuff in you it. had in it so so the news we were receiving was basically like you guys do not have coverage to cover everything you're not you gonna be able lost. to rebuild <laughs> or buy everything you had in the house with your insurance and you both just looked horrible and i i felt like this was my moment of like Haley, you have to keep yourself together <laughs> like these men look like they are about to start falling and i said and i put my hand on both of your shoulders and i said well i said we either believe that God will take care of us or we don't. And we are just going to trust that all of this will work out. And I'm like, it'll be fine. Like, it'll be fine. It'll all work out. And so everyone proceeds to leave. (laughs) And the lightheartedness, it felt a little bit sucked out at that point. (laughs) Like, everybody left. Um, your parents took our kids and so bizarre. We had nothing to give them. We couldn't give them clothes to no pajamas. We didn't have toothbrushes. Diapers. We didn't have there was nothing to say, here, take our kids. They they literally it was like, Okay, well just take the children. Yeah, normally like if the kids are going somewhere, you have the you know, we had a one year old, so you have the diaper bag with all the essentials and it was and even we were that way. Like, well, yeah. I mean, and it still felt a little bit like shock, like in shock, right. like, yeah, take the kids like that. That would be a good idea. And then like even for us, though, it was like, well, we don't have anything either. Right. No. Remember, everyone left. And remember, we just we had yeah. an old tree that had been cut down from the previous homeowners. And we just sat on the stump. Yeah, sat on the stump. On this old tree. And we just it was looked at our probably house. a very pitiful sight. <laughs> well, it's funny because our par- my parents live across the street from us. Right. And Hannah took a picture of us. Remember? Oh, no, I have I a picture of us that. on the I, stump. Oh, yeah, I do remember Yeah, that. and yeah. I, we didn't know she had taken that picture. But she decided. She captured the moment. (laughs) Which I will say, to anyone who wants to see pictures of this, I'm actually sharing an old blog that I wrote right after after this happened. So if you want to see pictures of our house and also pictures of us on a stump (laughs) right afterwards, you can. It is funny, though, like those moments, like the picture on the stump or like us on the stump. Like when I think about it, it just seems like a part of me, Mm -hmm. like a part of... Yeah, like a part of me. And then when you see a picture of us on the stump, it feels kind of disconnected. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. I see that. Like, but that, but I, but when I think about it, it right. feels different. There was but. a real defeated feel on the stump. <laughs> <laughs> so we sat on the yeah. stump. <laughs> we sat on the stump for a while. And then we went inside, or we didn't go inside. <laughs> I, maybe we did, but I do think. Um, well, I don't, I think I went in and I like grabbed our picture, like our external hard drive pictures to see if they were going to still work. I'm certain I did. That was like my most prized possession. And we went and we went across the street and we stayed with my parents that night. Our kids stayed with your parents and we stayed with my parents. And I just remember having a very intense conversation with you that night. Because 
remember we were talking and you said, I just, I just feel like I have, like, I'm so sorry. Like I should have had that switched and I need to apologize. Like, I'm just sorry. Yeah. I should have no, had that I'm taken care of. Clearly remember. And that. I remember telling you that I don't accept your apology because if I accept your apology. And then I remember thinking, well, that's kind of harsh, but <laughs> I guess that's your call. I'm, I am sorry, though. <laughs> no, you didn't. <laughs> I said, I don't accept your apology because if I accept it, it means you have something to apologize for. <laughs> and I'm, I'm just like, I'm just not doing this. Like, mm. I'm not doing this where we blame you. I was like, we will get it figured out. Like, it will be just fine. And we woke up the next morning and we went and got the kids. I don't, I'm sure you don't remember this, but I do. And we didn't really have anything to do because you have to wait till insurance comes. Like, you have nothing to do. Like, you have yeah. to wait. And so we went and we, got the kids. Remember, we went to Joplin. We drove through that coffee place and donut shop I was really into at that time. And we just went on a drive. And it was the most beautiful day. And we listened to music. And I I remember. <laughs> I don't know. You're right. I, I don't really remember I know you this, don't. But, but it was very. It happened. It was meaningful to me because it was so peaceful. And I just felt like God was like. I am going to take care of you. Like, it just it just felt like something in me. Like, this is going to be okay. And I'm going to hold on to that. And bringing it back to, like, our adventure and stuff, if what I wish people could learn about their lives is the risk that comes with hope. And a lot of people, as they get older, stop hoping. Or they get discouraged in situations and they stop hoping. It is hope that is the risk. Like you and I had just put a period on this house. We had just decided we were done. We had just put a little bow on that bad baby. I mean, not even a week before. Like, let's just start living. Like, we're settled (laughs) now. We are finally settled in our country home with our fireplace. Like, it turned the period into a raging exclamation of, like, no. It was a a period. No, it wasn't an exclamation. It was question marks. Yeah. Yeah. And it was just, it was just so bizarre because it was a season of our life that you don't plan. And then because of the insurance situation, We didn't have, like, the other thing a lot of times homeowners insurance will do will pay for you to live somewhere else for while your house is getting remodeled. Well, we didn't have any of that in our budget, so we moved in with my grandma in another town. You and I had never lived in another town. We've always just lived in Carthage since I was three, and we lived with my grandma in her basement, which was plenty. I mean, it was plenty big. It was probably just yeah, as big as our house. I mean, it was fine. I never want to say, like, we were roughing it. It just was so bizarre because the hardest thing, I think, for me about the fire was up until that point, any hard thing I'd ever been through in my life, at the end of the day, you could be home and go to bed. And it really felt exhausting to me that to never have that end of end of the day relaxing oh we'll just get home and get in bed we'll get home and eat dinner we'll watch something it was like i mean after a little bit of time we found some ways to settle in into living with grandma but the first few weeks it felt like i couldn't rest because i was like i can't i'm not i'm not home yet like you just feel like out of 
out of place. Mm-hmm. And so we we went through this time, and honestly, did you have something to say? I was just going to say, and not to mention, like, I mean, it, it wasn't, like, a lot, but I would have, like, nights where I'd wake up and think I could see smoke. Yeah. On our, along our ceiling. Like, it was, like, it was definitely a time of processing and healing, and it wasn't our home. It was perfect. I mean, it was more than we needed to, to be able to settle into, but it was just, like, a time of healing some some of these things and, like, opportunities to, like, what are we going to believe? Like, yeah. what are we going to believe about this situation in our yeah. life? Like, are we going to let it define us or will we define it? Yeah, absolutely. And every adventure where you you go into unfamiliar territories and it takes risk and you have problems, what it ends up doing is it really shakes out what you believe. Hmm. It shakes out what you believe about yourself. Like how much failure and shame are you going to take on for the mistakes of doing it the way you did and not doing it, you know, different. It shakes out your trust in God. Like, is he going to come through for us or not? Like it gets real. It can just get real, real messy real quick. And that's why my heart is to really encourage people to see it in these situations. Like it is in the messiness where we determine if we actually believe the stuff we say. Mm -hmm. Like as Christians, we say that we believe that God will take care of us or we trust him or whatever. But for Mm -hmm. me, it has been these adventures and not the adventure I wanted to go on, but the adventure I was forced on, the struggle that really is what has given me my faith. It's those moments when I look at you and I say, God's going to take care of us. And inside I'm saying, I hope he takes care of us. (laughs) Please, you know, like, but like knowing it may not end up looking like I want it to, but I do have to come back to that. I trust God, like pulling on that trust Hmm. and say, and exercise, like trust and hope. I wish, I wish everyone could understand that like faith and hope and trust, it's like an exercise. It's not something you just have or you don't. It's a seed that you plant and you have to water. And water. even when like the storm is coming, you're like, this is not growing. Mm. This is not going to turn out how I want. But I just love that we had went on this intense working really hard. And then we went into this. Um, so we found an amazing construction company that really honestly was truly a gift from God, like helped us with the financial side and really helped like, I don't know, it just all worked out really good. But then we got that settled. They couldn't start for three months. So it became this, you know, sometimes the hardest thing in the world to do is just be still when you're going through difficulty. And there was nothing for us to do except for clean stuff that had ash on it. Mm -hmm. And I remember so many moments of vulnerability through the process. We had, um, at some point, I would say within a month or so of our fire, after we had had the insurance, after we had the construction people, we had like a work weekend at our house. And I will say, like, I felt like that was one of the most vulnerable. I had two or three very memorable, vulnerable moments. And we had put out, you know, to some people, like, to people, like, whoever wanted to come help, like, could, because we didn't have insurance that was going to come clean our house out. Like, we didn't have people that were going to come, like, just put stuff in the dumpster. Like, and you have to be there, too. Like, do you want, imagine taking every room 
and every drawer in your house and opening the drawer and say, do I want to clean the ash off of this? Because nobody's going to do it. Like, we had people that were going to help us, but it's like no company is going to come and do this. So you open up your junk drawer and it just gives you a whole new evaluation of house cleaning. You're like, no, nope, that is all not worth cleaning. <laughs> like, we'll deal with that in a few months when we're moving back in. Like, I got to replace my batteries or whatever. <laughs> but it the cool thing I feel like that the whole insurance debacle ended up is it put us in such a place of vulnerability of need and like when you need things and people show up for you it's like kind of life-changing like we had multiple times that people just showed up for us or like people just mailed us stuff or like it was just such a time where I felt so vulnerable and then people would just say hey I got I did this for you You know, like just so many things. And the people that came that, you know, show up to your house and work all day. And you're like, oh, my goodness. And late into the night. Yeah. We had one night that was like we were doing a horrible night's work. And I just remember I I, I just all I can say is it it felt vulnerable in a not fun way. Mm. Like it felt like so vulnerable in a way that was like, I might cry if nobody comes. <laughs> like I might yeah. bawl if mm. nobody comes helps us. And then you have these people that show up and help you and you're right. like, I don't know what it's, to say. Yeah. Like you It definitely makes you feel loved in a way that I'm not sure that you can feel unless you're in that not a fire, but in a yeah. like a completely or just a very vulnerable place. Right. Like Yeah. And then we had all of our clothes that you know, we decided we would just wash them all. So we put all of our clothes in trash bags uh, in the whole house. And then everyone who was willing just took a few trash bags with them, <laughs> took them home, washed them. You had to wash most of them like three times um, to get them. And we had to wash all of our shoes. Like everything smelled like smoke. And so then what we had no idea where anything was. So people would just bring back our laundry like here we took this like you had no idea what they got you're like okay hopefully that was you know sorry you got my underwear you know you're like but it was just it when now when i look back at the time which sometimes is how memories work but like i just remember these these amazing moments that people showed up for us Mm -hmm. i remember this gift of living with grandma like Mm -hmm. that was just i mean we lived with her for seven months and it was, like, such a fun adventure, like, mm-hmm. with my grandma. And I look back on it after, you know, knowing how it turned out with that preciousness of knowing how much God worked with us and worked, um, showed up for us. And not just that, like, I feel like in those moments where you, we, as people are just squeezed and that pressure comes to just pull it all on yourself. I just feel like there's so many, that is the opportunities that not only define who, who you're going to become, but also what your relationship with God ends up looking like after. And it is during the struggles of the adventure that determines that it's not the the glorious way you set out and the ideas you have and the even the work you put in. It's like in those moments of struggle, what do you believe? Right. I think that's a really big thing is like in those moments where you feel really vulnerable and defeated, like 
I looking back now, it's like in order to heal and to move forward in that adventure journey, like it was like it required me to decide what I was convicted of. Like, what am I convicted of and what am I not? Like right. kinda like you said with the with the insurance, like either we believe God'll take care of us or he won't. Like well, I'm convicted he will. So there's one. Right. Like there's one conviction. And then you start stacking these these convictions that you know, these things that I'm believe I believe with my whole self in and it kind of moves you forward. But Yeah, and it I mean it really transforms you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's what like looking at the adventure of the whole goal of every adventure is to be transformed and is to become like to become the people that we are created to be and when i look at our fire i can say without a doubt it helped me become the person i am today along with every other challenge that i've been through over the last you know 36 years of my life it's like that is the whole key of finding a way to pull on these challenges. And it is in the moments of struggle that determine what we really believe. It's not when we're sitting in a beautiful church service with everything going right and we have the warm and fuzzies. I mean, that's great. Like, I love those moments. But it's when everything gets really hard and your situation is looking at you like, that's not true. Like, this isn't going to work out. God's not going to take care of you. How is this financially? You had already spent your money before the fire. <laughs> like, how is this going to work out? You know, and like mm-hmm. those things like, you know, Carter should have gotten that insurance taken care of. This company should be doing this. They should have done that. Why didn't they do more? Like those voices that can just scream at you and you pull back and say, okay, but what am I choosing in this? Like, what is truth? And it, then it turned into such a beautiful thing and, I mean, spoiler alert, our house is a lot nicer than it was before the fire. Who knew? Like, <laughs> who when knew people we... who know what they're doing <laughs> do <laughs> the work, it actually turns out really I mean, our well. house is so much nicer. <laughs> I mean, so once we got on the other side of it, it was like, okay, okay. But, you know, when we were in it, it was like, oh my gosh, could you just please put my ranch style back together and let me move back in so um i know we've kind of already talked about it but just to wrap this up like if you could look at this adventure that we took what would it what would be one way that it transformed you like before you did this like before you when we were over there living on the grand house and we were looking at houses Mm -hmm. to the day you know we moved back into this house after the fire which i will say is kind of interesting we bought, we moved back in, so we bought this house, and then we had the fire in the fall, and we've moved back in the exact week we had bought the house the for the, a year ago. So I just find that very, I was like, wow, that really, and we weren't trying to do that. It was just as soon as we could move in. Mm-hmm. So I found that kind of a, I don't know if it was a God thing, but it seemed really meaningful to me. Yeah. I think probably the biggest transformation through all of that was... Like, I realized there were a lot of things that I took responsibility for that that I learned that God actually had it. Like... Control. Yeah. Like, like I was carrying... Surrender. Yeah, I was, I was carrying the weight of these things. Or, or maybe I didn't even know I was carrying it. 
but at, until it was done. And then I did. And it wasn't just the insurance thing, you know. It was there were lots of things: the smoke detectors, the you know, like. And then you go down the what if scenarios and all those things. But uh, yeah, I think that that would be the biggest thing is you know, learning that God God's got so much more than of it, and to release some of that control of you know, and and being able to accept that it's okay that. We can fail, and we cannot do everything perfect, and it's, like, it's just okay. Like, you know, you just work through it, and God's got you. Yeah, and, I mean, I'm glad you said that, because now I'm going to say the same. (laughs) Like, I mean, when I look back at my, at the seven months we live with Grandma, I remember being so exhausted, even when I was just sitting there doing nothing and I would always think to myself why am I so exhausted and it always came back to like that there was nothing I could do to speed it up like I was so out of control of the situation and it made me feel exhausted and I would have to multiple times every single day surrender my life and the timing of it all and if we ended up moving in with no furniture because we couldn't afford furniture, you know, like all of that. Hmm. I just was like, okay, like um, I am going to release this again, even though I just did 20 minutes ago and I'll have to do it again in five minutes because it was a constant disappointment, constant fear, constant shame, constant, you know, wanting to take back control. And that was really probably... And it was funny because I felt like I had already learned to surrender with things we had went through before that. And it was just another way of, oh, I've got to learn this too. Surrendering like just my normal routine. I really don't want to do this. And um, I think that that's a really good answer because that was a huge lesson. And it transformed me like to be so out of control of my life. And to have to practice surrender because of, you know, being forced to. Mm. It just really, yeah, that transformed me. And I still sometimes look around our house and just kind of thank God for the redemption that we were able to see, like the beauty from the ashes, literally, that we had. And it all has this kind of glorious experience to it, you know. Well, and too, like, I feel like now we also have, like, our kids know grandma at a different level. Like, we had an experience with grandma that we never would have had. Yeah, I mean, we could go through and list thing after thing after thing that we're like, well, this worked out good. This was cool. Oh, I like this. This turned out better. Oh, I'm glad we, you know, it's just like, and that gratitude. But we're ones that we really try to focus on gratitude anyway. I think it makes a huge difference. So, anyway, I... I'm so glad we were able to share this adventure. And one of the things that I really want everyone to understand is, honestly, most adventures are filled with problems. Those are the greatest adventures have the biggest problems. And it all starts with an idea. And then you have a struggle. And you have to pretty much struggle until you get to your victory. Like, Mm -hmm. that's really what an adventure is. And it's all about what you choose along the way that determines how much victory you get and how much you transform and what your relationship relationship with God looks like when it's all over. Because a lot of people will wait until they move back into the house, not realize 
that the last seven months they'd been growing bitter and fearful and ashamed and afraid. And they, you know, their marriage has broken down and they'll think, well, when we get our house back, it will all go away. Hmm. And I just like, that's just not how it works. It is in the struggle that the victory lies and what we choose matters so much. Um, It's really not about getting the thing in the beginning that was the idea. Like the house was never the point of the adventure. And so, like I said, for anyone who wants to see pictures, I'm resharing a blog that I wrote kind of right after this. So it's kind of a cool, um, some of the stories in there too, but it's cool to see the pictures. And I read back through it this week. I was like, oh man, that I didn't remember writing some of those things, but it was good. So um, again, I know I mentioned this also at the beginning of the episode, but here, hopefully next week, I'll be sharing with you guys about the 10-day kickstart. And if you just feel scattered in life and just really want to make sure that you in 2024 and do not feel disappointed with how the year went, I want you to join it. I'm really excited for this and I'm trusting that God's going to do some wonderful things. So I hope you guys have a wonderful night I or day. It's night here. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> See you next week. Thank you for joining me. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you did, would you mind leaving a review? That would be amazing. And also, if you'd like to connect on social media, I'm Redemption Unveiled everywhere or Haley Marie Carter on Instagram. I would love to connect with you. I will see you back here next Wednesday for a new podcast episode. And remember that the earth is waiting for you to show up. Have a great day.